It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is uh, BGN Radio on a lovely Saturday evening. Has not cooled off. NBA playoffs are heating up. Hockey playoffs are going on. The Phillies win today. The bourbon is open. The beers are cracked. The sunshine will be out. And could somebody please speed up the clock so we can get to the NFL draft? Good Lord. I'm fatigued. I'm fatigued at this point. But we are going to go through a bunch of different draft stuff, including uh, the top 30 list of prospects that are coming in here. Uh, but uh, first and foremost, James Elser, how are you doing this evening, sir? I uh, I took a nap. I was willing to wake up for the show. I will be napping wow. after the show. And uh, this is my in-between nap time. So this, I'm enjoying this, myself. This, how, this you guys, is, how are you guys doing? This is amazing. I'm <laughs> I glad woke that up you, just for this. Maybe, I uh, see, because James is already at, uh, always at 100. So maybe this will get him down to like the 35 <laughs> that we need him at. And it'll be spectacular. <laughs> Brandon Lee Gouton, editor-in-chief of Bleeding Green Nation, go, uh, dot com. What's going on, pal? We are not only fatigued when it comes to draft talk and everything. We are also literally, <laughs> literally like actually fatigued <laughs> right now. Yes. Uh, 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your Verizon AT&T cells. We are going through the uh, the 30 visits that have, uh, have gone to the Eagles here. And our, I guess our main question to you is, who is the guy that you would want the most who you would be completely upset about if it happens, and overall, maybe maybe who's a dark horse pick? Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four is we're going through here. But 
Before we get into that, we've had some exciting news this week as uh, Bud Light, Spike, everybody else has kind of chipped in here. And then somehow the BGN Radio podcast is going to be live at the draft the entire time, wow. right? Right next down to uh, sales guy John, too. Yeah, sales guy John Gentile has, has made it happen. And uh, we're going to be right next to the WIP booth, right next, to, I guess, to the Rocky statue is, yeah. is what they keep telling you. So Radio Row will be down there the entire time. Some exciting prospect interviews we'll have throughout the week so you want to make sure to follow at bgn underscore radio on the twitter.com and speaking of the podcast from this week if you're subscribing out there on itunes or soundcloud or wherever you are we appreciate that and the five-star reviews do go a very long way uh we uh, interviewed a former eagle scout and because you know we hear top 30 all the time we're like oh well these must be the the main top 30 guys that are that are coming here that they're severely interested in and it was kind of an interesting process the full interview is is there again at BGN underscore radio. But uh, the first clip that uh, I'm going to play for you is just basically the process of why they bring these guys in here. These guys can get complicated and it can get dragged out. And if you want to have your wide receiver coach, your director, player personnel, and maybe even your owner involved in a meeting, trying to find a day where the five people can all be in the same city, the same time can be complicated so sometimes, you know, this late in the game, it's just this is the best day we had to bring him on. Maybe there was an earlier thing, and again, one of our guys needed to go somewhere else, and so we rescheduled. Things of that nature can impact the timing. And I uh, I don't think I mentioned his name either, so that was Dan Hatman, I should <laughs> say, the former Eagle Scout that had, had joined us a lot of the time there. So, I mean, that was kind of interesting. I mean, I think we kind of understood that to a point, but for the most part, a lot of like when these guys get scheduled and like why, you know, John Ross all of a sudden suddenly shows up in Washington down there. I know that kind of freaks some people out and be like, oh, no. Uh, but I mean, really, it's just timing with a lot of these things. You have to get five of the like the main hub into the room along with the agent, the player. And it all has to work out when there's like a thousand different workouts going on. If I was a player, I would hate doing all this stuff. Yeah. Well, this is like the worst <laughs> part of the job interview. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, you know, you look at that that check on the horizon and I think you make the time. <laughs> To be sacrifice able to that. Yeah, I'm actually okay with uh, uh, you and I on different sides of this. John Ross, go to Washington. Have a good time yeah. down there. <laughs> man. No problem, buddy. Oh, man. See, I, 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 wouldn't, make, I, wouldn't, make, uh, I wouldn't necessarily hate that at all. So, uh, yeah, so we got to talking, and the thing that, that blew me away the most was the fact that, like, I, I, you, know, you, you got to keep reminding yourself that the NFL is pretty much like any other job interview that's going on here. And Dan had some interesting points on that as well. I think the biggest thing that changes a player's value at this point is that, especially from the coaching side, during the season, they're busy. They're coaching. So the the senior bowl and through the combine is their first exposure, and then they're doing their private workouts, the pro day circuit, again, the top 30 visits. So they're getting a chance to finally interact with these players. Some of your top executives are finally getting a chance to maybe sit down with some of these players and talk to them. Those guys whose jobs are on the line to pick these players, the more time they spend with these players, the more they either fall in love or out of love with them. So that's it, right? I, I And that's the reason why, and I get why people hate mock drafts, and I get why people are like, ugh, not another one of these things. You've changed these things seven times by now. But that's what you got to listen for, too. It is legitimate. These scouts have are still don't have a 100% lock on like, okay, this guy is clearly our number one corner. This guy's clearly the number one running back. That's this process here. It's not that Dalvin Cook is like, oh, we're, we're so heavily interested, even though I heard on Carlin and Reese that, of course, him and his agent are going to put that out there. Like, hey, man, you got to start making new appointments here. It's more or less, 
we have to answer questions, and if you answer them correctly, and if we love your personality, you're going to go up our board, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, I think that's fascinating because, you know, you can look at, at all the tape in the world. You can watch them play over and over and over again, but there, there's a much bigger aspect to this, especially with a lot of you guys like Cook and people who have some sort of checkered past. It's You get to know these kids. you got to get a feel for them. I mean, that's part of the job that Joe Douglas and Andy Weidel were brought in to do is to to get to know these kids and get a feel for, you know, A, what type of human beings they are, but also B, what type of attitude they bring as a football player. Are these going to be guys who are going to go out and practice hard? Are they going to care about winning and losing and stuff like that? So, BLG, I think that, you know, and it's interesting too because we don't always see the Eagles take a guy that they bring in for a workout or whatever, but you have to figure that's an extra, you know, level of knowledge on a player, and if you're going to, you know, spend a first-round pick on any player, you want to have as much knowledge of everything as possible. Under Chip Kelly, the Eagles pretty much almost exclusively drafted players who came in. Everyone who they drafted, for the most part, there might have been like an exception. And then the one, some of the exceptions to that too were like players from Oregon. So like he <laughs> yeah, of course, them. yeah. So he didn't even have to use the visit on them. So uh, yeah, it's definitely an information gathering process. Um, I was kind of looking back at last year, and I don't believe so many of the people that came in uh, on visits were kind of the, the. Obviously, Carson Wentz was. I mean, that's an obvious one. But as far as Samalo and Big V, I'm not sure those guys as much were. So uh, I think it's a little different under Howie. Also, I've seen Howie in the past. He's just flat out admitted that they use a visit sometimes to throw teams off their oh, trail. Yeah. So Good. That's possible as well. Yeah, and a lot of this is is just like that. And most of it, most of it to me, from what I got from Dan's interview, was just, hey, this is this is to answer questions. This is like okay. And even with that, like you can, you know, he went on and to say about everything about the tape gives you a set of questions and a set of answers. So this entire process, it opened my eyes a little bit of just like, oh, yeah, we know how this kid plays and that's it. But that's why you that's why you start to hear Dalvin Cook be sliding down in the second round. And that's why you're starting to hear. I'm going to we're going to go to the phones in a second. But that's why you're starting to hear about, oh, Leonard Fournette and his anti-competitiveness or some crap that keeps coming out through over 14 GMs that are going to slide him right back down to. 14. Great. Awesome. awesome. I'll take the anti-competitiveness. We're Give probably having to me. That's that's part of it because he did come in and visit. We don't know what that means, obviously, because we're having this conversation right now, but it's something we can get into. So we go to Gary and Bridesburg. Gary, what's going on tonight, bud? What's you're on BGN radio? Well, you know, when you guys are talking about Dalvin Cook, like I'm worried about the guy had like two or three soldier uh shoulder surgeries, right? Mm-hmm. Uh at least at least one. I don't know about two. I think he had two. Okay. Uh, also, uh, if what if there's a great pass rusher there that that we could really use? We yeah. love him. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it just it just depends. We're, it, that's kind of been a little funky too. Like we've heard Charles Harris kind of get thrown in there, which scares me a little bit. Like kind of have a, a mini heart attack when it comes to that because like his. Spartograph looks like it's a, a dot because you know, there's not a ton of athletic ability there. I, I still don't know if there's going to be the impact pass rusher that we're all thinking about at 14, even though I know that's kind of where a lot of a lot of Eagles people have been saying that's where it's going to end up. I don't have it on. What's that, Gary? Somebody asked me to turn my radio off. I don't have it on. Oh, okay. No, it's a, it's a, it's no big deal. What uh, what's your thing with uh, OJ Howard here, bud? Uh, I I just think he's a game changer, and Brent Selleck, This this could be his last year. 
think it pretty. I think it pretty much probably yeah. is going to be. We I don't appreciate think the Brent call. Brent Selig is factoring in the decision <laughs> yeah. to whether yeah. or not to draft the tight end. Uh, I mean, you're talking at least to the right guy about about OJ Howard. Yeah, I've, he I've found loved his. That yeah, he found his uh, his champion. Here. Yeah, he did. I, I and obviously not a not a visit, and it's not really necessary because everybody knows. Again, there's enough Alabama coaches that can pick up a call and, and and do all that. I would I would love that here. I'm actually not even sure where he's going to end up now. Because, again, with all of this mayhem that's going on, first he won't make it out of the top eight, and then it was the top ten. Now we might make it out of the top 15. Now there might be a better tight end with the uh, the kid from Miami that's, like, skyrocketing up the boards because of his athleticism and all that. But, yeah, I, I mean, like, I would be I would be very comfortable with, with O.J. Howard at 14. He's not on the prospect list. But I want to get back to Leonard Fournette for a second because what, what about anything on film or anything that you could possibly resonate from what he says – that would go, I'm questioning his competitiveness when he's on the football field. Nothing. And, and you, I mean, l- literally nothing. The only thing you can say, I mean, theoretically, you could say like the sitting out of games at times, right. kind of not pushing it to the, the full extent. But I will never blame these kids for that. You know, they are, their goal is to be an NFL football player and they're doing what they can to preserve that, to preserve their future and their career. You know, I'm totally, totally a million percent okay with that. I just think, you know, you see these narratives develop over draft season, as it were, and I think maybe it's one, you know, team met with him or something and that they leaked that out and it kind of spreads to another. I think, you know, yeah. I think that that kind of stuff happens. Either way, I said from the moment, you know, this this whole process started, I was like, trade up for Fournette. I love that guy. I would love to have him here in Philly. I didn't actually think they would do it, but if he falls to 14, are you kidding me? That would be a home run. Which, in is, my mind, a which home is crazy. Run. And like Chris Burke from uh, Sports Illustrated had this, I mean, insane trade where they're like, oh, yeah, I think the Eagles are trade up <laughs> into the top five. For giving up all these picks, I was like, oh, man. I was like, you want to go from like, hey, Leonard Fournette would be cool on the Eagles to like, what did the Eagles just do <laughs> in a heartbeat? Just like that. Like, that would be, that would be terrible. But overall, if somehow. Like, I know I, we say this with this one large caveat, and we, we know there is a 99.9% chance that the Eagles are not going to take a running back in the first round at 14, at 8, at 10, at wherever. I don't know wherever. about that high, but I'll, I'll, I would say there's a more likely than not chance. Yeah, so yeah. so that being said, probably won't happen overall. But I, I, the other narrative that's driving me crazy this week is Leonard Fournette not fitting here in Philadelphia. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, it's just like, well, that's a, I mean, like uh, the the main things that I've heard. And I, I even argued with her good friend, Teron Davenport from the Eagles wire about all of that. And <laughs> it's Doug's very pass happy. And if you get a guy like Leonard Fournette, he's not, you're only going to get 15 carries out of him. Like, like you wouldn't literally just go, here's the ball. <laughs> uh, and like, he doesn't work out a shotgun. He needs a fullback. He needs all these different things. And I start to think of like, you know, no, nobody's nobody's questioning Christian McCaffrey's competitiveness, nope. and he did the exact same thing. They have, Literally, I mean, yes. they, they don't have a similar running style, and obviously McCaffrey's a much better pass catcher, much better route runner than than that. But uh, I mean, man, it, it, it's just I, I cannot believe that Leonard Fournette has gone from this is the best prospect that you will ever see two years ago. That yeah. was all everybody talked about. the The main discussion on all sports talk radio on everywhere else. Should this kid sit out his senior see, year yeah, or junior, junior year, year? Excuse me, and and you're just kind of like sitting there, like going, "What the now? How did we end up here? How did we end up in? I don't really know. He's not that draftable, and he won't here work here with the Eagles. 
Do you agree that he won't work with the Eagles here, BLG? Uh, interesting thing here from uh, Greg Cassell. Obviously, you know, a very smart football guy, if you Definitely will. Definitely is. Um, it's a heck of a football guy. Basically, he said, uh, this is on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, uh, Fournette is a little different to me because he is a high-volume runner. You need to run your offense through Le- Leonard Fournette. I don't think that's the way Doug Peterson wants to play. Hey, who knows? Maybe he, if he's there at 14, all that changes because Fournette is a little bit of a different cat. And he also kind of went on to say that um, uh, he doesn't think the Eagles are going to look for uh, what that's what Cassell defines as a foundation back in the meaning that like you have to like you just said kind of build your whole offense around him and basically you're giving the ball to him like 25 to 30 times a game like he's your main offensive centerpiece um, where he thinks the Eagles are kind of going for a, a starting starting running back a, what he calls a primary type running back you know a three down guy who um, can make things happen and be reliable but not necessarily the guy you're running the offense through and I see that obviously. For as much as I, I want the Eagles to run the ball more, I mean, they, they traded all these picks for Carson Wentz for a reason. Like And and for as much as um, I don't agree that, uh, and Teron and, and John were talking about this on the podcast this week, that uh, Doug Peterson is necessarily a pass-happy guy, because looking at the numbers over the Chiefs over the past couple of years, uh, it was like 15th, 14th, and then like 8th or something in, in rush attempts by the Chiefs. So it's not like they're they're passing more you know than they're running even, but... Uh, uh, I just don't think Fournette's. I don't think he's going to be there. So I think all this discussion is moot anyway. And I just don't. <laughs> I just don't think that's the way they would go. <laughs> way, I just to, don't. way to kill the conversation. No, yeah. that's no I'm get, Yeah, right. It's, <laughs> no, but like I, I'm with you. I ultimately don't think he'll be there. But and I'm responding to Cosell's points, and I get it. Look, Cosell has watched and known more about football than I ever will. You know, in in a in a day, probably that guy. Um, but I, I think that's just silly to look at it that way, right? Like Fournette is a great running back, a great potential NFL player. You figure out how to use that guy, right? You don't say, ah, I don't want 14. He's the best player on the board. This guy's a potential franchise changing running back, but I don't, I don't want to play his way. I don't want to use him. Right. I'm, I'm going to figure something. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like this guy's a great football player, a huge need for you guys. Uh, someone who can a dynamic change to your offense. You know, if he's there, I think you take him. Yeah. And I think his, his catching ability is a little, understated like it's just not it's not like he can't catch a football they didn't ask ask him to do it it. yeah so that that's there's a huge difference in there I mean it shows that you know he's caught screens he's got pretty decent hands I I think (laughs) find a spot for him (laughs) that's that's what I'm saying like we're we're to this point just please God can the NFL just take a page out of the NBA and the NHL and just have the draft literally as close to the finals, as close to the Super Bowl as possible, but they know what they're doing. We're sitting here; it's it's January. There's playoffs it. that are starting, and we're we're here in the off season. We're banging yeah. the drum for all these different guys. But yeah, I, I, I okay. And Leonard Fournette is a guy that they brought in. So again, I don't. That could be for misdirection. Although I don't see how that could make be a misdirection. Ton of sense there, because most people think he'll go prior to fourteen. Anyway, so who you're really misdirecting? Yeah, there. yeah, exactly. So I think that is that is definitely like. Okay, you got to show me that I can take you at 14 if you get there. Or maybe we move up to 13, 12, 11, somewhere around there to skip over that and and do some things. And the only thing that really scares me now about that spot is, like, the Saints are working out every corner ever, and they're at 11. You know, again, they're kind of that that thorn in the side, and you just kind of go back to 2014 a little bit and how they kind of scooped up and took, uh, you know, the Brandon Cook debates, uh, uh, and uh, and we're not going to probably, you know, <laughs> have that again. 
But uh, I just have this feeling that whether it's Lattimore or somebody else is just going to kind of slide and be in that sweet spot. And there's no way the Saints are moving. No, the Saints, it's a million percent that if a guy like that is on the board, the Saints will take him. I bet everything I have that if that happens. But again, look, I don't think he falls, Lattimore. I think he'll go higher. But I could certainly see that situation playing out. I think it's more likely that a, a Gary and Conley or a Kevin King or someone kind of jumps into that 11 spot. But I think there's certainly, look, that, you know, they tried to go get Butler. They've been in pursuit of a cornerback. I could see them taking an edge rusher as well there. Um, seen How about quarterback? A quarter? Wow. Quarterback. Yeah, at 11. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, Drew's I know, not going to be there. Out, Drew Brees is on his last year. Yeah, but I, I look, and they I, Chase want, Daniel. I want all the, yes, yeah, so they're fine. I want, <laughs> they want, I want every quarterback to go before the Eagles. I hope there are like 13 quarterbacks taken with that the first nice. 13 picks <laughs> of the draft. But yeah, I mean, they need a quarterback. I'd just be surprised if they, they have so many needs and I think they want to try and still compete while Brees is there. I think yeah. they're going to try and fill a need. Uh, well, when, with that too, I want to I want to touch on the quarterback situation because there is a couple of things that I'm going to ask you if the Browns do indeed pull the trigger with Mitch Trubisky. Oh. That's not Mitchell. That's Mitch Trubisky <laughs> until he gets earned some damn respect around here. I think we need to get a movement going in Philadelphia if that happens on draft night. I want it on the internet. I want everyone to hear it that tunes into ESPN or the NFL Network or whatever's going on. We'll get into that. Right after the break, it's John Johnson with an update right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Okay, so Teron is trying to clarify his point on the Twitter.com, and you can follow us there at BGN underscore radio. You're just saying it won't be. Leonard Fournette wouldn't be maximized with the Eagles because it's just the style of play that he has. It's not a West Coast back or whatever. I don't care. I don't either. Yeah. How about that? How about that? (laughs) Yeah, take that, Teron. If he's, he's not saying he's a great player. He obviously is. He just doesn't fit in this type of, type of system. How long is Doug Peterson going to be the coach anyway? According to you, he's not going to be around after this season. Well, I think if they don't make the playoffs, I think that I think he's gone. We got to talk about that. I think he is gone. If they do not make the playoffs, I think he is gone. That's crazy. I think he would have been gone after this year if they had lost. That's insane. They they purposely were going to sit Carson Wentz a whole year last year, so they're gonna so like if if that happened, Carson Wentz would have only played one year before they fired Doug Peterson. Yeah, I'm just saying, man. I'm just just my guess. I'm just crazy. throwing it out there. Here's here's something that's even hotter. I think Howie's got a shorter leash than Doug. Yeah, oh, I, I think that's crazy. I that when I uh, see it. That, I think, that, that is think, way hotter. I think that's, I think, that's too hot. The <laughs> years, you just burn my the fingers. The year is I'm 2020, close to and Howie Roseman is still here. <laughs> still the joke. No, the year is 2020, <laughs> Miller, 2050 yeah, yeah, or whatever. 2020, yeah. Howie Roseman is 130 years old and running the Eagles. Uh, uh, we don't know. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's probably going to be. Uh, yeah, he's going to be here in some form and some different. He'll have seven different titles before. He probably ends up going <laughs> before he ultimately owns the team. He buys the team. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, we're here till 10. John Barchard, Brandon Lee Gout, and of course, James Seltzer, all here on BGN Radio. What we're not sure of about is that Cleveland Browns front office. And I'm starting to hear some wackadoodle stuff this week. And I, I need you guys to explain this to me because if I'm reading this correctly, the Browns are split 50 50 in their scouting department if Mitchell. Trubisky is going to go at number one, number one, a guy that literally nobody, zero, zero buzz about this kid until like the last couple of months of the season, 
because of his arm strength and everything else that he does sucks. It's terrible. Like, I'm not buying into it, not buying into the potential of. People are saying, well, yes, uh, now that, well, Carson Wentz was an average guy and we didn't hear about him and, and it's the same kind of thing. No, no, absolutely not. Here's what I'm begging to do. James informed me that the Midday Show is doing, you know, we got Carson with if they get to pick 12, is that what's right. happening? Yeah, the pick that would have been the Eagles pick, and, the, you know, we got Carson. Uh, I, that pick. We I, don't I even love want, that We don't idea. even want your pick. We got Carson. I love that idea. But here is, I want, I want us to get a little more aggressive. <laughs> I want us to get a little more aggressive. Uh, I think uh-oh was the appropriate response there. At one, and it's very specific just to this. If they go Trubitsky at one, and you passed on Carson Wentz to draft that garbage can at one, I want a UF'd up. <laughs> the full version of that. Uh, everyone. I like, mean, actually, I want an say. old school ECW UF'd up like you used to do in 1996. I want it so loud and so obnoxious that it just spreads across all of the art museum, that it just echoes throughout the entire city. It what? bounces off the Comcast building. It hits Twitter. It goes to all the Cleveland Browns fans that just, yeah, no. It I want it to be so loud it. that it literally types on your phone, you effed up at Browns. That's that's what I want. <laughs> I want it so obnoxiously loud to all the crap that we had to take as, as Eagles fans. Is that GM is staring at us in the face and saying, like, oh, Carson Wentz is not a top 20 quarterback, and that's why we passed on him to draft that garbage can at one. I am begging the Browns to do that and passing on Miles Garrett. That's what I want. Well, real quick, I, first and foremost, again, to Brandon's it's not going to happen thing. I really think it is smoke there. I think they're trying to drum Listen, up any don't, sort of... don't ruin the fantasy. Don't ruin the thing. No, so, so here's the, <laughs> here's the thing. Um, my my big takeaway from this is if, if, if the, the, the you know, eagledom, as it were... <laughs> <laughs> this this spreads and this happens and it is so big that what is what does ESPN do? Do they just have to like like mute the sound? Like, no, they, they can't. That's it's what curses, I'm saying. But it's it would be a, a they, wait, wait wait it's curses. Go, I thought <laughs> F stood for fire truck. <laughs> you, you fire, fire truck. Up. You fire you truck. Up. Yeah. You fire truck up. <laughs> Yo, that's what I'm saying. Like I want it to be like I want commercial right. They'd have to go to commercial. Uh, or no, they'd mute. He's walking up the yeah. steps. The moment they announce the but Cleveland Browns select, have it saying you effed up, then they're going to ruin that. Ki- either way, that we you ruin that kid's right. moment. No, it'd be hilarious. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> it'd be hilarious. I'm just like ESPN can't let that go. They have to do something, right? Like that would be wild. I hope that happens. Of course, the downside of that is just like typical Philadelphia. Way to go! Oh, they can't even keep. But so for that, it would be worth it. I think it would be worth it for that. I would take the dead spin <laughs> articles and like, oh my gosh. For all of that, I think that would be great because Philly gonna Philly. <laughs> How dare they? Wow, they no they booed Donovan. Now they booed another opposing team's quarterback. When will this ever end? Don't they have any respect in that town? I don't know. I just think that's uh, like that's insane to me. I, I don't I don't yeah. understand that, and that just kind of leads in a lot of stuff that we were talking about even during the season. Like how how at this point, and this is this is all coming out of Cleveland, mind you. I've heard takes where it's just like they are better off going with Cody Kessler and just drafting good players and moving on to the next thing. So for two years in a row now, the Browns are kicking the can. Essentially, sorry, I'm not. I'm not trying to use. Where a, have we heard that an, before? An, an Eskin Sam Hinky, you know, like in a little, little jab in there. But at the same time, like it's the most important position. You're not going to become anything until that that is is done. And if you're trying to tell me that Cody Kessler is going to be good enough to get you into a, to a different spot because their skill players are so awesome. 
Man, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's this back-and-forth thing that I have with the Browns. Like, I really want them to succeed because they're doing something different. It's nice. But if you're going to try and sell me that that's the better thing to do, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, 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 at some point, they just they need to get yelled at just like they are ha, have been for the past 20 years in this league. Yeah, I agree. Look, if they take Mitchell Trubisky or Mitch Trubisky, I, I, will, be, <laughs> I will be right there with you again. I just find it really hard to believe this is true. I really do. I feel like it's Miles Garrett is such an obvious, no doubt about it, number one pick in this draft. Like, I just, I don't see how they pass on him, especially for a quarterback with such question, especially because there's a chance he's there at 12. I don't think he will be. I think with all the buzz and and there are enough teams up there who need one. I think ultimately they're trying to find that one team whether it's the Jets at six or whoever it is, someone who is desperate to get Mitch Trubisky and they're trying to to make that number one pick at value. Yeah, I think that might be somebody dumber like the Bears or something like sure. that. Sure, no, yeah. I, 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 and that's that I the Jets are pretty dumb, well, too. Let's true. not underrate yeah, the let's stupidity the, their of the fifth Jets. quarterback in five years. They took Christian Hackenberg in the second round. No playing time. No I'm, be- I'm better than Christian Hackenberg at playing quarterback. <laughs> he okay. was so awful last preseason. That was like the worst thing I've ever seen. So what pre-season. was he, like 7 for 17 for like 47 yards or something? Or 17 bad. yards or something just, like that. They kept putting him out there and it was like, yet. this is this very sad. It was. It was. It, was. <laughs> it looked like it looked like if, like, Aldridge, it looked like if one of us went out there to play quarterback in the NFL game. That's what it looked like watching Christian <laughs> Uh 888-729-9494, 94, 94, pound 94, 94, and your Verizon, AT&T cell phones. Talking heavy on the draft, obviously, and also... You know, who's somebody that you would really love that the Eagles have brought in? And who would you absolutely freak out and be like, oh, my God, they took a lineman. Oh, my God, they took Ryan Ramchek. How, why would they do that at 14 or something like that? I, and it's just it's weird because it's gone from the weird situations where all, you, all we heard for a long time, well, was wide receiver. That was the thing. Then the two signings happen. Then that's like ends up being ninth on the list somehow. Everybody's corner, corner, corner. Then that kind of goes away a little bit, too. Now everybody's like, well, now there's so much depth going on here that I really don't think you need to take a, a guy like Conley at, at 14, which I agree with. I would, that, I think I would start hyperventilating at that point if, <laughs> if that's kind of there. If it's that, or Marlon Humphrey's probably mine, actually. I would absolutely, like, just, Ooh, I would stand up yeah, and I would go, that. I would go, Ooh, you, you know what? Really? Um, I, I got to go. Wow. I just, fellas, you take over the show. I I gotta go. Don't forget to Marlon listen Hortina. to us. Uh, follow us at BGN underscore Radio on Twitter because we you could actually hear this because yeah. we are dra- we are broadcasting live during the draft and we could actually hear John hyperventilate. Have to leave. It could be pretty entertaining, guys. gentlemen. I gotta go get a beer. You guys take care of the rest of the show. I gotta get out of here. But I think I think for me, Marlon Humphrey would be the scare huh. at at fourteen. I don't know, Why? but because the, there's just I if he could have the ball skills. Uh, and his tackling skills be the exact same, he'd be a home run. Like, it would be a no-doubter about it. It's very competitive. I, I love all that style of his game. But when it comes to the the, the most important thing, the coverage part, like, it's just kind of like, ee, it's good. <laughs> it's good. He can play zone. He can play off. He can play press. That that That's that's great. But he can't do any one of those things spectacularly, you know? And I think there's a lot of Marlon Humphrey types that are, again, around that, that back end, first round, second round, and again, it just comes down to whatever's on the board there. Like if he ends up being the best player, which I find it very hard to imagine, but if he is, I guess, I don't know. I would have a hard time talking myself. From into a it. realistic standpoint, I think Jim Schwartz loves that guy. I think like that guy plays with fire. 
Uh, that guy is aggressive. Love that part. Uh, GM, yeah, you forgot to say GM of the defense. Jim GM Schwartz. of the defense, Jim Schwartz. But yeah. honestly, I I know like a lot of people hate on Humphrey. I think it's gone too far. That's my thing with Humphrey. I think it's gone like way like oh Alabama defensive back. He can't be good, even though Landon well, Collins has kind of been good with the the. the, the oh, pretty you're trying to get him hyperventilate <laughs> early, aren't you? But um, but seriously, I think, and he's only 20 years old. He's young still. He uh he only played two seasons at Alabama. You look at his stats. I mean, you know, stats are whatever for a college prospect. It's not like that's the number one thing. But still, he's been a very productive player in those two years. Obviously, playing for a good defense helps. But still, like, there's something there. Like, I I'm not saying that's my favorite pick at 14, but like, I I see the logic behind. Like, there's something there that actually fits in with what the Eagles uh, value and their vision and everything. And and the, he's a good athlete too. Tested pretty well. I think there's enough there to kind of gamble on that upside. Whereas you look at a player like uh, Gary on Conley, who just like doesn't want to tackle at all. And I just, I can't see the Eagles taking him. I like is Jim Schwartz going to be okay with that. Of course not. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I actually lean towards BLG's side here as well. I'm, I'm Marlon Humphrey. Certainly not the guy I want at 14, but I would be okay with, with the Marlon Humphrey pick at 14. I just think there's, I don't know. I think he's a guy that's, is your should be your second pick off the board. Whether that's jumping back into round one late, whether that's another guy like uh, uh, you know Kevin King starting to rise up the draft board yeah, here. Kevin but King's definitely going to go. He's going to go in the gonna first round. First half of the first round, I think at this point, maybe. I, I know it's uh, and people kind of freak out because again, it's USC too. There's a like Alabama DP DP TBs <laughs> can't play right, so that's that's part of the thing. But there's also like. There's that USC moniker that happens, and it doesn't even matter. Like we're we're we've been through Nelson Aguilar for a long time, and USC logos for a long time on that offensive side of the ball. But pretty much everything that's coming out of their last 14 year hasn't been hasn't been great. But I think their defensive players have been. That's why I'm in love with the Dorjacks, and I sh- I probably shouldn't be. You know, there's there's a lot of technique that's missing there. There's a lot of, you know, sure he gets burned on plays, but he reminds me of Asante Samuel. That's what I want here. <laughs> you know that's 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 the the ball hawk mentality that's going through here, and I I I am I don't know why it's one of those prospects that I, I absolutely love that I shouldn't love as much as I do, but I think he would be a a a semi game changer in the first or second year that he's here. Uh, it is BGN Radio. We'll be back right after John Johnson in an update. Ninety four WIP FM HD one Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio. On Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is BGN Radio. We are here until 10 o'clock. The great father of me. Yes. My father, my radio father. (laughs) The great father of me. That didn't come out right (laughs) at all. Ricky Ricardo will join you then. And I'm sure he will brag about the Yankees winning six in a row. Or something like that. John, you know what I hate? The, the Yankees? Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> totally hate the Yankees. Fantastic. You know what I hate uh, is Dean Blandino. Me too. Uh, hey, it worked out well. I think this is it's an it's an amazing thing that the NFL did. And just can I just say something stinks about this thing? It's BGN Radio. John Barcher, James Elzer, Brandon Lee, Gouton, all hanging out with you. And uh, I. So it's April, right? We're in the middle of April. They've already had the NFL has already had the rule changes. They have already announced that. Dean Blendino was going to be the guy in charge of every different ruling that comes in through this year. Like that, that was going to be his job. And then suddenly a couple of weeks later, he resigns. What's that? There's no way that happened. He got fired, right? Like he got fired 
And supposedly, he's supposed to take on this broadcasting gig that was supposed to be CBS at first, which I laughed at. And then the reports were like, oh, no, that hasn't happened. CBS actually had to come out and say, we're not hiring him. (laughs) And then there was like, actually, now it's going to be Fox, and he's going to be paired up with Mike Pereira. Who was you know uh, who does a much better job Terrific than Dean ever did, job, yeah. and and made a lot of this <laughs> the right calls on television that the He's league did the not. Air. He's fantastic. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, why would you want to have two guys running like the the NFL official hmm. refereeing type of stuff that was going on there? Mike's already got a good gig. That's him. That still hasn't been confirmed yet. So <laughs> when Tony Romo retired, like he's going to broadcasting, CBS is here. Done. That's not happening here. Like there, there is a, there is a scramble going on. And as soon as Ian Rappaport tweeted that out, I just said something stinks. Yep, something happened. Something bad happened here, right? I don't. You think like one particular incident? Co- I think there's just been so much over the years here with Blandino and and ineptitude and ties to the Cowboys and seeming lack of integrity that I think, look, maybe it was, maybe it was something specific that pushed over the edge, but I don't think it's a smoking gun type thing. I think it's just, I think it's it might just be co- constant well, in con- Oh, we got a, well, someone got? has a theory over here. I love theories. I like theories. Uh, so John and I were talking about this before we came in uh, today and I was thinking, huh, it was, so it was weird that all of the owners voted unanimously, unanimously 32 to zero to put, Dean Blandino in charge of all reviews. Was it a condition of the uh, for the the owners to approve that that they would remove Blandino in that situation for them to agree to that? Like this, th- this like he's saying this position will be controlled for all the NFL rules. That's what we, we oh, are in favor right, of. That. But wait, as long but as it Dean can't Band- be Dean. exactly, oh, yes, I totally buy that. Boom. Yes, yeah, I, I, I'm sure. Which would be because of the. Co-commissioner and Jerry the, Jones. Well, and also the <laughs> constant, you know, lack of of integrity and all that stuff that Blandino showed over time. I think that that was kind. Of, yes, I think that I think that makes a ton of sense. I think the exact conversation ended up being okay, Jerry. I know you want the Raiders in Las Vegas. I know you want a team in Las Vegas. You can do that, but Dean has to go. And I think that's that's what happened across the board here. I, see, I think you're giving Jerry Jones a little too much. Power. Not at all. I think him, really? him and Robert Kraft control this league. I think Kraft. I think Kraft's more powerful than Jones. Maybe I, agree. What, I think it's I think it's one A one B or one two. Uh, but Jerry has pull in this league, fellas. Uh, he has pull yeah, he for does. sure. But I think it's like Kraft one, and then like nobody, and then there's <laughs> like kind of Jones. But I don't think Jones is that much more powerful than you know, like a guy like. Uh, Cronky or someone like that, but it just goes to show you, like what, you know, like why would you, why would you wait that long? Why, why well, wasn't that so done in January? Because now you're just opening up to optics and to weird, you know, like this. The, you open it up to question. If this happens at the end of the, the of the right after the Super Bowl or whatever, it's not a discussion piece. It's like, a, all right, they're moving on. It's because it comes out at a time where this stuff never happens. After all the rule changes have been made. After Blandino's, you know, quote unquote, put in that role, I think that's a perfect. Like, I, I'm 100 percent in on that theory that that it the condition of saying, all right, we're going to have this one person be in charge of all these replays of all this stuff that is happening, but it can't be Dean Blandino. 
Oh, man, oh, man. I, I, I think that there's going to be more and more as this thing kind of rolls out. I hope so. I man. think Deadspin's going to get a hold of it. I think Peter King might. Well, no, Peter King's not going to write about that. No. What am I talking about? No, he's got, you know. But I, I do Roger think. Roger Goodell would say, Peter, could you please <laughs> not do that for me? Oh, of course, Roger. No problem. Yeah, yeah. You got it, <laughs> you, buddy. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you know what's funny? He he did tweet something about it. He's like, this is something the the or the, the NFL needs Dean Blandino. <laughs> Congratulations, or something like. Dean. Yeah. Everyone's very excited for this move. Oh my goodness. Eight 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 seven two nine. Plus, I'd like an Allagash, please. Ninety four ninety four. Uh and uh yeah, we're taking uh, all your all your draft questions and everything else. Let's go to Matt in State College. Matt, what's going on, buddy? Hey guys. Hey. It's, oh, it's hey. it's it's not a, it's not just any regular Matt. It's Matt Derry. Hey. Yeah, you know, I uh I, I don't know. I'm just a regular Matt like you guys. I wake up and put my pants on. Uh, Matt Daring, of course, uh, BleedingGreenNation.com, and also does some fine work on BGN Radio. What's uh, what's on your mind tonight, buddy? I don't know. I was enjoying the Dean Blandino talk. You know, I thought that it was funny. Jerry Jones, I thought, really stepped out of his, uh, uh, you know, sort of the box that he's lived in, sort of questioning what Roger Goodell does. You know, he's talking about, oh, do we need to do all this, like, you know, conduct stuff? And, like, Roger Goodell's like Mr. Conduct, right? It's, like, been his thing. That's like his stamp on the NFL. So for him to come out and be like, we don't need to do that. And by the way, it's funny that with Zeke Elliott and Randy Gregory and all this uh, other stuff. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's still yes. an investigation. It's funny that, that Jerry Jones would suddenly be like, why do we need to be uh, looking, into, looking into these cats? Why don't you go into <laughs> <laughs> But um, I don't know. You know, you got to wonder, did maybe Raj fired his guy? I don't know if you guys touched on this in the delay since I – so I got on the phone, but, you know, maybe Raj fired his guy to kind of put a shot across Jerry Jones' bows. Oh, I like that way. one, too, man. Oh, yeah. You know but, what? R- remember who gets paid $40 million or whatever by some nonprofit based in New York. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, because that, you know, throughout, you know, Jesus, all the deflate gate crap, too. Well, that, yeah, he took that was a shot across the bow for them, too. That's like, a great point. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I like that theory. I, I, yeah, I know. Well, we all know how this ends, right? I mean, that is... Um, that is not the sign of a man in charge, uh, regardless. Oh, no. And look, I'm yeah. not I'm not shedding any tears for Dean Blanty. You know, he kind of seemed like he sucked, like the referee's answer to Chris Christie. But I <laughs> thought that, uh, you know, if this is sort of Goodell flailing a little bit, and, I mean, God knows it might be. And, and again, I shed a tear for the man with $150 million in the bank or whatever. Yeah, yes. how, could, how could you not? Uh, you know, yeah, he's the, been such a great the leader so of a far, US too. Senator and, like, just the... <laughs> A human liverwurst. I, I really think that um, I don't know. I mean, it's not it's not it's not really my problem, but it also doesn't seem like it really bodes well for his uh, administration. No, and it's funny too because like it's just uh, I mean, and he came out and called. He said Blandino sucked. <laughs> that, he said that today on on an actual sport, like because I don't know what Christie's trying to end up doing here, but like he took a shot at Dean Blandino, him the, the Cowboys fan, the lover of Jerry Jones. To well, a shot at this boy. Yeah, he's probably, oh, probably hung like out with Glendino a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, Matt, what is uh, we we've been asking a lot too. Like, what would you be most happy and most upset about at fourteen? Um, well, look, I think that the Eagles they got to pick a side and go with it, and I think they have. I think that's been offense. So I think I'd be pretty happy with an offensive weapon. You know, talk about. Uh, O.J. Howard or Evan Ingram, somebody like that. Oh, another tight end. Give me a break. <laughs> I can't believe you take a look at this offense and be like, you know what? They are set somewhere. Like, no, forget it. They are not set anywhere. So give me a weapon like that. I think the thing that would upset me most is if they took, like, a technician on defense. I think that would really bother me. Like, you know what gets me excited for, you know, the NFL is watching cornerbacks who stay in phase. Like, forget <laughs> it. I am not into it. I am I am not about that. So, yeah, take an offensive weapon. 
and uh, don't overthink it. At O-Well, hmm, on the Twitter.com. Matt, we appreciate you hanging out, buddy. Thanks for calling in. All right, in. guys. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, in, yeah, in, yeah, that's great call. But, like that's, that. but that's what I'm talking about. With He he, he touches on a great point there. With the corners, that's all I hear about, especially with Conley. Oh, so, look at him. Technician. He stays in phase in the, in, the, in the ability to just go up and leap. Yeah, that's great. How about covering the guy that's going across the middle? Of the, How oh, about oh, tackling three the guy who just caught the ball? Like, that would be nice. I don't know. That's fantastic. A, a that's, tackle, that's, it's a kind of an important part of the football experience. But that's BLG's point there with Marlon Humphrey, and I'm sure yours too, is just like at least there's that. You know, that that's a little different. It's the same way I feel about a Dory Jackson too. At least there's at least there's that. You know, yeah. I don't I don't care about the 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 one hundred percent he's got the technique down, he's the, the hips look fluid. Well, no, that's important. I should say that. Yeah, hips, hips are very important. Are, hips but, and he has to be able to keep up. You know, yeah. he's got to have that that speed, but that's you know. Otherwise, you can you can teach the rest and size and that whole turn your head thing there too. But that's well, why we don't do that here, John. That is not <laughs> how we train our cornerbacks in Philly. I think everybody knows that. Yeah, face guarding is how we train. They will never always. turn their heads around, no matter what. Face guarding for we defensive call, pens, We call pens, it the Bradley Fletcher, and we will always call it the Bradley Fletcher. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and that's why it's just you know I. I I think that's part of the, the fandom that kind of gets into our heads, too. We're just like, we want to be excited in the first round. Yes. Even taking a pass rusher, there's not going to be like, yeah. all right, cool. I mean, we'll come back. Don't trust me. Once well, August yeah. rolls around, being, like, oh, yeah, I think this dude's a Hall of Famer. Of course, we'll all be thinking that way because <laughs> it's a first round pick. And we'll be like, and then yeah, he'll suck. This, and then he'll stink. And, and then, then he'll, he'll be, be Marcus like, fire Smith everybody. Fire Doug. Fire Howie. Fire all that other stuff. Don't, but, worry, don't worry. The fire Doug thing will happen. <laughs> regardless there, too, right? <laughs> it's just amazing to me. But, uh, you know, it, it's. I, I don't know. That's why I, I I'm not looking for a splash either. I think they should just it's 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 again, it just needs to get here. It just yes. needs to get here. It just needs to happen. Uh, we need it we need a, a new football player on this team who we can get excited about. And with uh so yeah, so the Dean Blandino thing came out, right? But uh, there was also like a semi Friday news dump, so you yeah, you Skittles is back, which I'm very excited hey, about. Marshawn Lynch being being a Raider sounds kind of awesome. Oh my god! It's, yeah. it's Even if it's only three and a half yards I, of carry, I think it, it is it is it is the perfect match of player and team. But like, yeah, I can't oh, yeah, right. Yeah. You, can you think of a better like if if a guy were coming out of retirement to play for one particular team? Like I can't think of a better match of the two than Marshawn Lynch <laughs> playing for the Raiders. Uh, and that's what's like yeah. So you, you get to that point, and you're like, okay, that's pretty cool, but. What saved all of this, and it just kind of goes under the water here a little bit, and I'm sure it'll be coming back up again like in the next week or two, but the New York Post nailed Eli Manning. Nailed oh, yeah. his butt, man. And yeah. then that's... Like investigative journalism type of <laughs> yes, stuff, actually. Yeah, so like Eli, I don't know if everybody's heard this or not, but Eli got caught trying to just like, oh, yeah, I will give the equipment guy a jersey that I will say is game worn so you can go sell it for thousands of dollars. I'll well, sign it and with do whatever. The equipment guy. It was that he was working with the equipment guy to get yeah. equi- essentially to get equipment that was not game used and say was game used yes. and then sell Poor. it for money. AKA stealing from people is <laughs> yes. another way yes. to say it, but whatever, you know, and there was, there was, and Eli's lawyers come out with this thing and are just like, Oh, you know, this the emails that are going back and forth where it says Take it out of I will I will try and do my best to get all this stuff. Uh you know, happy birthday, Eli is out of context. Yeah, that's they didn't say it was a joke. They didn't say it was no, anything it's else. Out of context. It's just out of context. What does that mean, out of context? 
Yes, if a guy's it saying, can you get me game jerseys? <laughs> yes, I can. I will try and splash Gatorade yeah. on them. Love with hugs and kisses, Eli Manning. <laughs> like, that is, how do you take, how is that out of context? Well, it's because the rest of the context would have proved for sure that he did it. So they were like, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah. the rest of the context. So uh, that'll be, that'll be fun. And the, the Giants. I love it. Keep on giving, and that's I just I just love the NFC East. At some uh, think about in time. that. Think about whenever he got the call from his lawyer or whoever it was. Like, listen, Eli, this is coming out. Like, whatever you know. Think about the the all time epic Manning face that happened in that moment. <laughs> Nobody got to see it, but maybe his wife or something like that. But can you imagine that? Let's that see must it, James. Have been the Let's make e- one right here. You can't see this, but this is great right here. <laughs> hey, so, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic face. It's uh, it's getting there. It's it's the off season. We'll work strong. on it, yeah, but it's good. It's, good. <laughs> it's a good start. I need 8- my hair to be crazier for it to really work. But eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four pound ninety four ninety four in your Verizon AT and T cells. We go to Marshall in Mount Airy. Marshall, what's going on tonight, buddy? Oh, what's going on, fellas? Man, love the website, man. BLG, keep doing your thing. I don't know everybody <laughs> you, else, but y'all y'all cool too. Thanks, man. Yeah, BLG is the coolest anyway. It's so, true. You yeah, know, true. It's all good. <laughs> Well, I've just been reading a lot of his articles over the years. But listen, I, I definitely wanted to chime in. Uh, first off, everybody knows Blandino is an incomparable tool. And I, <laughs> I, I feel like he's the fall guy for this whole thing that Roger Goodell is doing. Uh, he's taking a lot of the fun out of the game with all the different rule changes and things like that. Hopefully they're bringing it back and going to put it under some type of, uh, some type of, uh, of singularity as far as what they want and allow you know fans to enjoy the game again. Yeah, yeah, well, totally, absolutely. But I now, and I wonder when, uh, how long that's going to take, you know, (laughs) (laughs) to to finally get to that point again. But you know, you know, it's it's, kind of we in Philly, so we used to wanting things to get better a little bit. Uh, We used to waiting for those type of things at this point. So hopefully, it happens soon, sooner than later. Absolutely. Do you have any? That's for sure. Any uh, best or worst or favorite picks at uh, at fourteen there, Marshall? Uh, I would absolutely hate McCaffrey at 14. Wow. Why, why would you hate it at 14? I get up and go get a beer, like y'all said. <laughs> what, what, what is it that you don't, uh, that would make you feel uncomfortable about it? Well, it goes up to the next part. Like, I would rather, I, at 14, if Ross is there and Williams and, and, and Davis are gone, take Ross, uh, dictate the coverage, open up the offense or any running back that's back there. Um, and really have somebody to groom with Carson Wentz that's going to grow with him and can bring that thing that you can't teach, which is speed. Um, yeah, and, absolutely. And and the, those are, again, like, three guys that the Eagles have brought in for visits here. So it's, I mean, that's on their radar. And it's it's amazing how Mike Williams has just kind of like shot into nothingness at this point after being the number one all, you know, best wide receiver that's going to come out of this thing. I just feel like you could find big body guys that can attack the ball. I didn't say that. You'll find somebody with that elite ability all the time, but right. a two-two with with good feet and, and and can develop as a route runner. Uh, you talk about what Deshaun used to bring to the offense. You talk about how Shady benefited from that, and you talk about bringing in a guy that you studied. <laughs> there's nerve. that thing again. Oh, Marshall, there's the thing. I appreciate the phone call. It was call, a good buddy. call, Marshall. Listen, yes, I don't th- want John Ross, but good call. Uh, speeds that opens up a lot of things. Deshaun opened up a lot of things doesn't dictate your running game. It never does. John, but Deshaun was so does. important. He opened it up. They couldn't have done it without him. Here's here's who dictates the offensive line. <laughs> End of story. That's it. Like, if there are, <laughs> sure, I mean, like, and, and just throwing the ball deep does nothing. It never does anything. The shot, like, you always hear that, too, during the football season. Well, they got to take their shots. Yeah, if they're making them. 
Anybody scared of Bryce Triggs? Okay, great. That's fantastic. They're still going to put eight in the box. Yep. You know, it's just, it, it goes back to a lot of that stuff. Yeah, now, elite speed and all that stuff, if John Ross is constantly burning you, yeah. yeah it, it matters. Or, or if you're completing, you know, the 15 out of 15 on your first couple of drives there, yes, then it's going to be like, oh, man, they're killing us in the passing game, and then back you and adjust. forth. Both of them open up things. You know, it, it's just kind of how it rolls along here. Let's go to Ron in Williamstown. Ron, what's going on tonight, buddy? Hey, how you guys? Good, man. What's on your mind? Um, I just wanted to talk about what I think the Eagles should do with the first-round pick. Sure. Um, I don't have a specific player on the board, but the only thing I'm rolling out is offensive line in the first round, quarterback, and and safety. Anything else to me is fair game. How about fullback? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. What, no. What, what, what's, <laughs> a, what's, a, what's a fullback? Yeah. Is that a thing? There's, yeah, what, there's yeah. five of them left now in the league, right? <laughs> Yeah, one just got paid, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> From John Lynch, so it doesn't really count. Yeah, exactly. And because he went to Harvard, that's really why they paid him. Ron, who's who's the what's the position you absolutely want there in the first round, though? Well, I mean, I, I like I like Ruben Foster. Yeah. I like, um, but but the tight end, the, the, this league doesn't have that many tight ends right now. Like you have Gronkowski, and there's not much after him. So if you can get a matchup nightmare. To me, Earth is a glorified slot wide receiver. Yeah, I would say and, I would say that. And Selleck's at the end of his contract. So if you could if OJ Howard can be the next big matchup nightmare, that'll help Wentz out because the, the the reading reading defenses down the seam is the best the best uh, thing to do to uh, oh, yeah. defense. Absolutely, because you know? it's a guy, you know, and, and again, I know I always say it's measurables, but it's a dude that runs a four five one that's got an 80-inch wingspan, and he's massive. And he's a playmaker. You know, yeah. we've said it all offseason, and we kept saying, kept saying, you know what, this team just needs guys who make plays. As simple as that seems, especially on the offensive side of the ball, they need guys who can go up and catch the football, who can get open, who can make plays. O.J. Howard's one of those guys. Yeah, absolutely, and it's just, you know, uh, and the more and more we talk about this thing, it's just it just lines up that way where it's I really do think the best players on the board are going to be offensive, but I don't know if that's what's going on in the Eagles mentality. And that's where it, it, it just kind of comes to a lot of the stuff that we talked about earlier in the show. If they love a guy, if they fall in love with a guy in the next two weeks here, that's that's what we've been told by a lot of different scouting guys. Then they're going to take him. It doesn't matter. They will take Marlon Humphrey at 14 if they fall in love with him this week, and I hope that they don't. It's BGN Radio. Let's go to John Johnson for an update right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Ricky Ricardo going with the powder blue hoodie tonight, which I do enjoy immensely there. And, uh, <laughs> well, uh, okay. So we're, uh, we're rocking out to no doubt, which is exciting. <laughs> That's fantastic. And we want you to continue to do this stuff because on, uh, what do we got? Hey guys, April... I'm turning the music down from the producer studio right now. <laughs> April 26th. Which is the day before the draft, which is, uh, it's you know, obviously there's a lot of people that are going to be in here and there's going to be a lot of craziness okay. happening that's going on there. But at the same time, we want to remind you, if you just go to BGNRadio.com, uh, we're going to be at Delilah's from 9 to 10, hanging out, 21 and up, just to kind of get you 
Get you in the mood for a little little pre-draft party that's going on there. So uh, if you want to RSVP, they are saying that... Hey, if it is, there is no cover charge if you're on the list. So all I got to do, which is amazing, it's fantastic. Yeah, because normally what? It's a twenty dollar, yes. twenty dollar cover to get in. So that's that's that is awesome. Plus, there's going to be drink specials and a lot of great stuff from that. We're going to be broadcasting from there, and of course, it's not a bad idea to to some look at some beautiful ladies as you're yeah. talking about we were football talking about, and doing all that. You know, taking shirts off before that is a thing that could <laughs> happen. Are, I'm keeping mine on. It could happen. Nobody wants to see that, but uh, it, it'll I be just great. Got time. Fat on Twitter, so that you was did? good. Wait, Apparently. how did that happen? I don't know. Well, we were doing a little F- FB Live thing during the break. And, That's uh, Facebook for well, all your friends. The nice thing was, was at Rob215614, Rob, it's on a Twitter. Hell of a handle there, was pal. nice enough to reach out to John Ritchie, which I appreciate as well, <laughs> and goes, hey, John Ritchie, at Ritchie John, just saw James Seltzer on FB Live. You need to help him get in shape. He's looking a little round. What? Lo- How did they take? Then he goes, "Love the show, guys." <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it, buddy. Man, I'm yeah. uh. And so, uh, so maybe the five pound loss does look good yeah. on camera. Yeah. I'm I'm never eating again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he looked at you and be like, "Wow, Zeltzer's getting really round," and I'm just sitting over here with a blob. I'm kind of worried about Richie. I mean, his Saturday night might be ruined now. I hear that. No, I know he's gonna probably devastated now. He's like, "How can I help James now?" <laughs> so Delilah's. April 26th from 9 to 10 p.m. Free cover charge to get in, hang out, broadcast all your Eagles thoughts. And then we'll be hanging out afterwards. And hey, we might, we might, we might go to a couple of different bars to get you all, all hyped up and ready to rock and roll. So info at bgnradio.com. Just uh, RSVP Delilah's with your first and last name, 21 and up, and we'll get you on the list for sure. Uh, with all the craziness going on, I can't believe that nobody's talking about. The Matt McGloin signing. <laughs> the, fa- the the sacred son's coming home to Philadelphia, and he's Matt uh, McLoin. How about that? Uh, here's my the loins are burning. I, I know Matt McLoin. I know that it doesn't really matter in the end. It's a, it, we're talking about QB three, right? It's the off season, and at most, yeah, uh, yeah, Q- like, maybe QB three might, might even not be here. They haven't even announced the contract yet, so it's got to be bad. You know, it, you can't. He was making two and a half million dollars as a backup last year. Was he really? Yeah, and and I don't know what he's got to make, but but probably like a million bucks. I yeah, would say, I would right? Say Something a, somewhere in that range. So yeah. and probably none of it's guaranteed. He's certainly not making Nick Foles money. But sure. but why aren't they using him as a backup versus Nick Foles? Like why Nick would Foles you pay? Is a lot better. I know that's and I I bet even even Brandon who. There are a few yeah. people who are less Nick Foles fans than Brandon Lee Gotten. He's much better than Matt McGloin, right? Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with Nick Foles as a backup. That's what he is. That's what yes, I believe he is. I, and I, I don't think he's not an NFL player. I just think he's a backup, and he shouldn't be any more than that. And I think the thing with that, John, is that Nick Foles knows the scheme. You know, like that's. I think that's significant coming knows in the here. System, yeah. And yeah, and having that experience and working with and Doug and and not necessarily being able to mentor Carson the way like Chase Daniel did, which I don't know how that, <laughs> did did a fan that valuable that was. In quotes, Chase yeah, Daniel mentor did. and all that, but still, you know, it doesn't hurt to have that around. I think that uh, there's some logic in that. You can argue that the money doesn't make sense and everything, and that they had to cut Chase Daniel, and then he signed with the Saints for like nothing. nothing. Well, yeah. that, I, I I will Hello? believe till the day I died he did that just to screw the Eagles. He did that because he knew whatever he signed with the Saints for, it's going to go towards. But you the know, Eagles didn't off. have to oblige. They didn't have to give into that if they didn't really want to. But the point was, why not? You're going to take something on the way out. You're going to take something for nothing in that case. If you're the Eagles, the point of getting the the 
recoup on the salary cap. But it's barely nothing. That's well, the thing. now you're not. There's I'm a lot saying, of dead money this but year. It would have been if Chase Daniel signed for three million. That's still a better deal. I'm saying. But you knew it was going to happen. I think Chase Daniels. He's getting paid anyway. Chase Daniel. Uh-huh. Uh, there's the, the S. first time I ever did that. Uh, Chase Daniel. I think I I think he signed for less on purpose to screw the Eagles. With. I just think it's funny how the Eagles are paying he's like getting paid anyway. something like twenty four, twenty something million dollars to quarterbacks this year, and two of them are not in the roster: yes. Sam Bradford and Chase Daniel. Well, hey. once once for picks, uh, and, right. and, and right. a very so it's nice not the one. Worst thing in so the world, it's but fine. still, it's funny. I I just don't understand. Like like why wouldn't you just draft or sign a couple of UDFAs if you're really about a a camp arm or whatever, or somebody with a, you really need a veteran presence at QB3? GJ, Come on, man. Yeah, Jay, there's, there's, there's the whispers that are going through. He's doing well in the CFL, by the way. Well, of course you're following. As a receiver? <laughs> as a receiver or a quarterback? Uh, yeah, who, real quick, <laughs> real quick, real quick, real quick. Who loves GJ Kenny more, you or Spike Askin? I, I, I was first on that. Oh, by wow. The way. There You're it saying is. him? I mean, I think I'm pretty sure Spike but, has well, like a signed GJ yeah. Kenny jersey. <laughs> oh, he has a what? Like a, a card on his, his office door. His, yeah. So I'm not going to say Spike doesn't love. I think we're pretty close in it, but I feel like I was first. I'm just saying GJ <laughs> Kenny tweets at him more. That's all. He <laughs> congratulated me when I, you know, I got a new job That's and everything. True. He like That's he's true. yeah. <laughs> Not that anyone cares about this at all. 888-729-9494, pound 94, 94, and your variety of AT&T sells. Big E, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking my call. Of course, man. What's on um, your mind with prospects tonight? Prospects? Uh, looking at the draft. I hope to go there. I was Get out of here, baby. Them. I, I'm, I'm looking at the morning show on the way to work this week, and Ed Rendell uh, uh, put a name up, which I'm not familiar with. Maybe you can uh, help me with this. It's put- a guy. I think he's from UCLA. He's a running back. Slot back. Christian McCaffrey, you're talking about him from Stanford? That's it, Christian McCaffrey. Can you tell me about him? Sure. I mean, uh, yeah, we appreciate the call, Biggie. Biggie! So, uh, I'm guessing that was not like Biggie, Biggie. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, uh, not, yeah. not in that same stuff. So it's funny, too, because, like, so McCaffrey's, been, again, kind of been all over the place for a little bit. Early on in the process, there was, you know, Round three, I think people were saying it at, at some points. No, who? Yeah, or when the the moment he decided not to play in a bowl game, everybody was like, "Oh, he's a third down back." It's not right. I'm I'm just saying. I I I, have, I saw a second, third round. Wow. In a lot of those. Uh, then as it progressed, it just kind of you know people went back and especially his uh his kind of breakout year the the year before when he was just wrecking wrecking absolutely everybody and and everybody went back to that again. They saw you know. The catching ability and then the combine kind of just put him more back in the focus again. I, I don't see again. I don't see any difference between him and and Cook, and there's no issues with McCaffrey. Yeah, I I think I think it's personally I would take McCaffrey over Cook a hundred times out of a hundred just there's, for that reason. He's a better receiver. Too. I think they're the same player. I, I honestly, they, I, think, I do. I think I think I think they're the same runner. Maybe. Cooks slightly better. I think Cooks is a better runner. Slightly better yeah. runner, but but I think McCaffrey is is so much better as a route runner and as a, as a versatile piece. Not that Cook can't do that, but I think McCaffrey does it so well that I think that's what makes him. And obviously, the the lack of a checkered pass makes him a. a and I like the guys who have have the actual legitimate DNA in them. Like I, you know, 
I, I'm a genetics doesn't guy. Mean, doesn't mean anything. Of course it doesn't, but it, I, I, I'm just saying it. Like, it means something. No, like, it doesn't. Genetics. I think it, well, I think it means where's, something. Of course it means something. That's Jerry, a ridiculous thing to say. Where's Jerry Rice's son? It doesn't mean everything. Where's Barry Sanders? It doesn't mean Where's Joe Montana's kid That's a ridiculous thing to say. You know that. Like genetics matters. Of course they do. But you notice how most Hall of Famers' kids are not good. Oh yeah, but just because but that's <laughs> it's not the, everything. The kid never doesn't want to play football. The kid might not have grown the right size. The kid might not have whatever. The point is, it still matters. It's still something you can look at me like that guy, it, like genetically is is gifted yeah. athletically. Like I think that matters. I sure, do. just like you know Levar Ball and uh, Lonzo Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you know, no, I I understand what you say. I don't put I don't put anything. I don't put much into it. We can as far as far as like I mean, in your evaluation, do you go? Oh well, look at the family. No, they I'm just came thinking from. it's an extra. I think it's just an extra check mark that he yeah. has. Like I think it matters. I think it's a good thing. Like I think NFL may... people are really into that too. Yeah, I think so they too. Definitely are. I think it's really dumb to be into. Why? Well, I'm saying they are. I mean, because, you can say it was because good or bad. it's how genetic. It's though. Like like if... that. That is genetic. I mean, I you don't like. I mean, I I know that that guy came from. His mom was like a freaking soccer star or whatever, or track star, and then his father played in the NFL. I know that he is genetically predisposed to being better athletically than most people. If I didn't know his family history and he puts up those numbers, it's still one better to me. I'm just still a draftable a, guy. But it's it doesn't I'm just saying it's like another just bonus. Like it doesn't but the point is What he, does it help? Because it doesn't grew, help anything. Genetically it helps and he also grew up with a father who played damn it, I almost made it through the show without knocking over the water all uh, now I'm so mad. Nobody made it to, he, like his father played in the NFL. Like think about that experience growing up that that growing up with a father who played in the NFL the understanding the game from that level all that kind of stuff you can't say that it means nothing all right let's go. we'll find out let's go to Joe real quick Joe what's going on man you're on BGN radio what's up man what's going uh, on bud you guys sound like voice actors from like that uh, show the spill or whatever used to be on the internet but anyway um <laughs> that's because we are that's uh, actually, that's our show yeah what do you do yeah, no no, one of you guys was talking about O.J. Howard. I think it was the dude with the, the, the uh, not the high, the higher-pitched voice. He was talking about um, O.J. Howard, dude. James? I, yeah, I fell in love with with, uh, with McCaffrey, but now I'm, like, thinking, you know what? If you have O.J. Howard there with how tall he is, if you draft him in the first round, if he's there, and then go cornerback and then get a Perrine or whatever in the uh, the third round, dude, that'd be yes, sweet. I, don't, I, I can't guarantee if Perrine would be there, you know? Yeah, I, I I still think he will. I think a guy like that, or I, you could you could flip in a couple of different ways too. If there's a corner that ends up being there that they really like that they don't expect to be there, uh, I think a guy like Curtis yeah. Samuel. I think a guy like uh, you know Alvin Kamara, who 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 would be a nice little compliment there. Uh, there's the there's a lot of different things can, that they could do. Can I do an advertisement? Uh, Meryl Reese drop about cheesesteaks. Uh, no, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we do appreciate the call, Joe. Uh, uh, when, no. when we come back, we will we will hammer this out. Maybe we'll have a final answer on who we would love at 14. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is BGN Radio. John Marcher, James Seltzer, or Brandon League out and all hanging out with you for about another 15 minutes or so. My radio father, Ricky Ricardo, taking over after that. <laughs> you don't have to say radio. You just say my father, Ricky Ricardo. Yeah, well, that'll work, too. <laughs> Works, too. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, but to keep the conversation going, please follow us over at BGN underscore radio as uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. So we mentioned, you know, Delilah's that's going on on the 26th and 27th. We will physically be at the draft. And I know that there are some things stirring. There are a lot of people that want to get tickets to this thing, and it's not going to be easy 
But guess what, gang? We're going to have some tickets for you to be down there as we're broadcasting for our draft. Now, we don't know how many <laughs> because the NFL is very tight about all these things. But you want to be following us over there because we will sh- we should be announcing that hopefully within the next week or so. Uh, and, of course, uh, the Adobe Cafe is where we're going to be our, our uh, post-draft party from 8 p.m. till 2 a.m. karaoke. You can see James try and uh, try and sing uh, Simple Man one more time or something <laughs> like that after all that's going on. But uh, it'll be a lot of fun. We're excited for the draft to be here if it ever does because it doesn't feel like it's coming at all. 888-729-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to Andrew in New Jersey. Andrew, what's going on tonight, bud? Hey, how you doing tonight, man? Good, man. Good. Uh, I just wanted to get your uh, thought on two things about uh, the running backs in the draft. Absolutely. Uh, firstly, I just want to think, um, how much do you think Ezekiel Zeke Elliott's success last year has to do with uh, some of these running backs? I think I see up to three running backs taken in the first round this year, which I feel like is a little high compared to the past years. Well, yeah. Well, first, it's it's definitely the classes is, is making that possible, and because there's you know, there's not a lot of there's not a ton of quarterbacks that are, that look great here in the top ten. There's not a lot of anything. Actually, isn't it Ezekiel Elliott effect either? I think it's a Todd Gurley effect. That's the one who originally started it. The Rams. Everybody laughed at the Rams for taking him. He had a fantastic breakout rookie year, which again then led to the Cowboys taking Zeke and so on and so forth. I think that there is it's it. People are so polarized on running backs in the first round, and I don't actually understand it. If they are the best player there, if it's going to help your football team. Take a running back. It's okay. It is okay. Like it, it's the you have the same issue with corners, and you have the same issue with wide receivers. But suddenly, like that's okay to do in a top five, in a top fifteen, in in whatever. So I'm I'm all about it. If they're if they're worth it, take them. All right, right. I, I understand. And then I guess um, you kind of answered a little bit uh, there. Would you compare? Uh, I guess the top three in here: McCafferty, Cook, and Fournette. A lot higher than uh, potentially next year's, where it's uh, I'd say the top here: Barkley from Penn State, uh, Chubb, and then Bo Scarborough. See, that's it. now that's a fantastic question. Yeah. Uh, as far as the top three goes, I think that's really close. I actually think if Barkley was in this draft right now, uh, it would probably be him. Then it's Fournette. Him Fournette, I think he yeah. would be the be, number be one really guy coming close. out. It'd be really close, especially another guy who has you know nothing but super positive history in terms of none of the checkered pass. You mm-hmm. know, he's apparently a great kid. Um, but I mean, dude, he's so talented. Like I, I wish he would have come. I wish he'd been able to come and, out. And, yeah. Me too. Uh, at, look, he's Which is why the NCAA is really stupid. Yeah. Uh, one of one of <laughs> one of many reasons, yeah. but yeah, I think he'd be right in that discussion with Fournette for that topic. And, and it might be a, a situational type of thing, depending on, you know, what a team needs more. And it would be, I don't think Nick Chubb would be at the top of that. I think he would be classified as like the next tier going through there. And again, he's a fantastic running back and his story is incredible. I, I, I can't believe he's still playing football. Like he had such a horrific injury. I can't remember if it was his neck or it was his leg. He Like it, it, it was destroyed and they basically had to rebuild the thing and everybody was so unsure about what was going to happen. And then he had a pretty good year this year and decided to stay at at school for his senior year. I, I, I don't I don't know why. Maybe it's because of the draft class is so crazy and he might have an opportunity to be a first rounder next year. But it is I uh, yeah, other than Barkley, I don't think that you'll find a better top three than this year right now. Yeah, I mean I think it's, there's a good chance that Barkley is the only one of those guys who goes in the first round next year. I mean something might you know a lot can change by next year, but Barkley's the only one of those guys who's like 
an elite running back. Yeah, prospect. absolutely. And I, I, yeah, it's and maybe who knows? Maybe the Eagles wait until that you know he's he's around. I, I have no I idea. Hope not. Yeah, neither do I. I I'm, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, because I'm I'm tired. I'm like I'm with you. I'm so tired of. Let's running. get a real running back in here. Like, yes, a guy who can actually play all three downs. Uh, a guy who, no, all due respect to Darren Sproles, not trying to slight Darren Sproles last year, but there was times last season where he was like your lead running back. Yeah, he can't and that, be. Can't and that's never happened in his career. And yeah. they're doing it with him at like age thirty three. It's like, what are we doing here? Yep. Yeah, and uh, and I wonder if. Man, that's what it just makes me nervous. Because what if you get down to, you know, what if you're trying to sell me on on a Pumphrey or something like that, where right. it's really late round or you know, I, and I love a guy like you know Jamal Williams late. I think that he's he, or Joe Williams and Joe Williams, by the way, yeah. just and I, and I can't <laughs> I cannot stress this enough about his mentality. Please just go YouTube yeah. him, and I think he's even interviewing our our old friend Teron Davenport, where it's just like, hey. I see a lot of physicality in your game. I see, you know, what, what is your mentality when you're running through there? Because you're not the fastest guy. And he just looks straight into the camera and just says, well, just got to run over an MFer's face. <laughs> Uncentered. And it's just like, yes. That, that, that's fun. That's, that's, an, that's an intriguing thing uh, in, in the later rounds that are happening there. But, gentlemen, I mean, like, we, we haven't gone through the entire list here. But I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I got my no fly list, and and we'll just stick with the guys that could possibly be at 14. I think I'm out on Mike Williams. Ooh, agree. I think ah, I'm out really? on Marlon Humphrey. I think I'm out on Conley, uh, and I'm in on Corey Davis. Still, I'm in on uh, John Ross. There, I'm in Reuben Foster, and those would probably. Make make my list there. Any any differences there, James? Yeah, I, well, I think the obvious one. I'm out on John Ross I, very clearly. <laughs> I never also, understand. also at 14, specifically at 14, yeah. I'm out on Dalvin Cook too. I'm not taking Dalvin Cook at 14. Yeah, I'm just yeah. not. I'm not. There are two between the red flags and the other options and what I think of him as a player compared to what I think of McCaffrey and Fournette and those other guys. I'm not taking Dalvin Cook at 14. BLG, anything uh, different uh, there? Uh, in terms of what I want, because we're doing realistic too, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so in terms of what yeah. I want, um, uh, I kind of agree with most. I, I'm fine with Ross. I'm fine with Humphrey, really. I'm fine with Foster. Um, I like Dalvin Cook a lot. I just don't. I just, man, that's that would be really tough. I just think with all the, the red flags with him, I just don't think I can do it at 14, although I like him a lot, so I'm going to have to take him off. I think I can't do Mike Williams at 14, even though... Uh, I, think he's, I don't think I he's would a bad take player. I don't think he's a bad I player. Play. I just, I don't know. I just watch him and I'm like, I just think Corey Davis is so much better. Like, I watch those two guys yeah. and I'm like, he's a better Corey athlete, Davis. Corey better. Davis. I, and, I don't know if he's a better, like, technician huh, to bring that word back, but I think he's a better, better uh, athlete for sure. Man, I, I don't think so at all. I think Corey Davis is a much better athlete. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I oh, think oh. Corey Davis is a better athlete. I, I think Mike Williams me. might be a better technician, as it were. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. No, I, I think Corey Davis is absolutely a better athlete, is what I'm saying. I think it's yeah. a little redundant there, too, and we've we've heard that before, too, with Mike Williams and Alshon Jeffrey, you know, kind of being that kind of yeah. jump Same ball skill guy. set. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting, and hopefully this uh, that we can all hit the clocks to go fast forward because <laughs> please, I mean it is getting please. it is getting stale in here. Yeah. But uh, when real it's... quick, uh, happy Jackie Robinson Day to everyone. Absolutely, that's an awesome yep. day, and everyone should remember that. I know, quick baseball throw in there. <laughs> Stay tuned for our uh, good friend Rick Ricardo. It's coming up next. It's been BGN Radio with John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowden, right here on Sports Radio ninety four WIP.